Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Our pastor's honor real quick. We give our pastors a hand real quick. If it weren't for their willingness, if it weren't for their yes, this wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have a youth Sunday. We wouldn't have the youth to impact here in Susun. I'm just thankful for the fact that they are allowed to, they open themselves up to God's vision. And they make the vision so attainable that all of us can do it and all of us can adopt it for ourselves. Amen. Man, I'm so thankful for this season that we're in with Elevate YM. If you guys aren't familiar and you guys are new... Elevate YM is our youth group here at the Building Christian Fellowship, and if I could just say, we were talking about it with some of the leaders, uh, my wife and I, we were talking about, you know, before when we were doing Youth Sundays, we wanted to show the parents what we're doing on Thursdays, but it, it, something kind of entered my heart over these past couple of weeks, it's like, okay, the parents know what we do on Thursdays. I think now is the time that we show them how much we've grown through what God has been doing through us and what God has been doing through the youth and being able to see the youth operate in their gifts as teenagers. Being, being in a position where they're not afraid to allow the Spirit of God to operate through them and being, being willing and able for that. And so we're going to get straight to it today. I promise I won't be long. It's going to be a Lionel 10 minutes top message meaning it's going to be about 20 minutes. <laughs> but turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And over the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about gifts, and we've been talking about gifting, we've been talking about operating in our gifts, our spiritual gifts that God gives us. And it has just done so many great things in our ministries. It's actually done great things in our church, the way that our youth serve, the way that they respond to different things, the way they, they respond to the voice of God. It's just been life-changing. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting from verse 4 in the NLT, it says, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help ourselves. Oh, it says, so we can help each other. My bad, my bad. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. Ooh, I need glasses. The same Spirit gives faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another Spirit. Still another is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Pay attention to that. And this is where we're going to focus. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some of us are slaves, and some of us are free. But we have all been, been baptized into one body by one spirit. And we all share the same spirit. I promise I'm almost done with this passage. Yes, the body has many different parts. 
not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am an eye, I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Can the church say amen? Amen. Today, the title of today's message is Dislocated. Dislocated. Now, it wasn't until 2019, and I've been in sports for a majority of my life, I didn't realize how competitive I was until Donald said it in his message two weeks ago. You see, it's always been my mentality to like, you know, go after it, do your best. And I'm going to be honest, what Donald says, I said that exactly. He didn't put extra on it. When I said that I wanted to come in first or second for that competition we did back in December, oh, I was going to get first or second. Believe that. Because we had been training. Donald and I had been putting forth the effort to make sure that our bodies were ready for the competition. And one of the things that we were doing is we changed up our whole workout plan. We were doing things that we've never done before. We were doing movements that we have never experienced. But we had trained ourselves for the competition that we did. So myself, Donald, Raquel, we all participated in the Winter Warrior Strongman Contest out in Sacramento. So we had been going every weekend leading up to the event, going out and training, getting used to the weight, getting used to the grip, getting used to all the things. And one of the focuses that we mainly focused on because we didn't have the equipment at home was called the overhead shoulder medley, right? And so we were worried about it. We had worked really hard on it. I think, did I go first, Donald? I ended up going first in the the medley out out of us. And so I had been feeling good. I had been stressing about Uh, doing the squats. The squat that day was 350 pounds for as many reps as possible. I knocked out 20. I was hyped. I was like, yeah, I'm pumped. Like, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm competitive. Remember this. I'm competitive. I want to win. I want to win. So I knocked out 20 reps. I was doing good. And now it's time for the shoulder medley. Now, we've been practicing it. We got the form down. Everything was going right. So we come. The first part of the shoulder medley is you get 185 pounds, 195 pounds. You grab the bar. You lift it, and you push it over your head for one rep. The judge tells you you're done. Put the weight down. You go over. Then there's an ammo can. Anybody know what an ammo can? Anybody was in the military? There's a 100-pound ammo can that you had to pick up, push over your head. Did it easy. Get to the next one. Now there's this thing called the, 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 the circus dumbbell. Now this isn't re- any regular dumbbell. Donald described it a little bit. Just imagine grabbing a Coke can with 100 pounds and lifting it over your head. Now, I was in the mode. I was ready. I had knocked out the the, the push press. I had knocked out the ammo can. Now, here comes the the, the dumbbell press. I'm doing good. I got a couple seconds left. I can knock out a couple reps. You're trying to get as many reps as possible. So I'm lifting it. Boom, hit it. One. I I taught myself how to do it with both arms. I went tire one arm out, right? Left arm. Ah, ah, Couldn't get it up. All right, cool. Again, boom, hit it. JR, I, I hear my dad, I hear Donald coaching me in the, in the background, like, hey, stay on one arm, stay on one arm. All right, cool, cool, I got it. Hit it, boom, good. Time's running out. Now, in this mode when I'm working out or when I'm doing this contest, I didn't realize that as I was pressing the weight up, I was letting it slam on my shoulder. 
So I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. On my very last rep, he calls time. I go up. I come back down. And let me, let me, let me, let me explain something to you guys about the pain and the awkwardness I experienced. I think I was in shock in the situation. And so I knew something was wrong. I, I, I set the barbell down. And I'm just like freaking out because I'm like, something is wrong. My arm isn't moving. I, I, I don't know what's going on. I look at my dad. I don't even say anything. And no, Dr. John over here, <laughs> medical Dr. John. It didn't take 10 seconds. He came, grabbed my arm, looked at it, pop, popped it back into place. I was definitely, I'm like, immediately, pain rushed through my whole body. My shoulder swole up. My wife said my shoulder was so swole, you could see it through the shirt. Now, in that situation, we got taken to the nurse. I got a massage, and the nurse was like, look, uh, I'm just going to have to tell you, you're, you're done for the day. But here comes competitive John. I'm sitting there. I put my warm-up clothes back on, and it's time for the next event. And I'm looking at my dad. I'm looking at Donald. I'm like, man, I've trained too hard for this. I got to do this. Mind you, my shoulder is throbbing, like, woof, 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 woof. Next event comes up, I'm like, all right, I got to do it. Took my warm-up clothes on. Like, when they call my name, I go up. And that event, I had to pull, what was it, a sled? With my arm. So I pulled it. I knocked it out. Mind you, I'm gritting. I'm in pain. My shoulder is swollen. The rest of my body is starting to hurt. Then I go to the tire flip, and I'm doing the tire flip. And I get through the whole competition, and it's not the point of me to talk about how good I did at the competition. But what I want to get to today is this. A lot of times when it comes to the body of Christ, we dislocate ourselves trying to put ourselves in a position that we weren't created for. And one of the biggest things that we don't realize is the fact that you're not just causing pain to yourself, but you're causing pain to the rest of the body. You're causing the rest of the body because you're not operating the gifts that God has called you to operate in. And you're causing the rest of the body to have to work. You're in a position of selfishness. A lot of times when, when the weight had landed on my arm, spiritually you know what that is? A lot of times it's selfish ambition that allows us to be dislocated from the body of Christ. Being selfish, seeking after self. Well, you know what? I've been serving in this ministry for five years. I should be leading it. Do you know what you're asking for? Do, do you know what you're asking for? You know what? I know my Bible just as good as J.R. does. I should be preaching on Sundays. I preached a couple times on a Sunday. Let me tell you now, I'm nervous still. Do you know what you're asking for? And, and, and a lot of times I think we don't look past ourselves to realize that we're hurting the rest of our family and the people that are around us. How can I do better for myself? It says in James chapter 3, verse 16, For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. You have to realize that God placed you in a position for a reason. If you are a father, you are there for a reason. You have to play your part. Being a father, my daughter is a, what, 17 months? 14. Where did that math come from? She's like around one years old. My part as a father that my family will suffer. If I don't operate in my gifts as a father, as a leader... In my administrative gifts, even though I'm unorganized, <laughs> if I don't operate in that leadership gift, my family suffers. If I'm not there to make decisions for my family, my family suffers. Anybody seen us? Anybody seen us yet? Not to spoil the movie, but the dad was slipping. 
big slipping. Not stepping up as the father, not stepping up as the pastor and the priest and the leader of his household. If I don't operate as a brother where I can encourage my other brothers and sisters, I'm hurting them. Well, my, sis, my brothers and sisters are hurting and they're feeling stressed out and, and I'm not there to encourage them and speak a word of God into them. I'm, I'm, me- I'm messing up that, that relationship. As a youth pastor, if I don't operate as a youth pastor, I'm hurting the ministry. See, as a youth pastor, I can't be youth pastor and worship leader and media guy and video guy and drum guy and sing and do this and do that. I'm hurting the body. I'm dislocated. And what's important is we have to trust in God in the position that he placed us in. You have to trust in God that he gives us enough grace to operate in the the position that he puts us in. I'm in the position where I doubt myself all the time as a youth pastor. I look at all my other youth pastor friends, I'm like, I am not qualified for this. But it's by God's grace. God gives me grace. His grace is sufficient enough for me. In the position that you're in, in the position that you're in that you serve in church, God's grace is sufficient enough for you. In the Bible, there was this particular situation it just so happened that one of the disciples' name was John, okay? Don't get it twisted. Like, we're not exactly the same. But it was James and John, and they got their mom to do something really crazy. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 20. James and John. Somebody say, James and John. Then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt respectfully to ask a favor. Here we go. You know what it's like when people ask a favor, like, what are you about to ask me? Like, you know those people that come up to you, like, that never talk to you, like, hey, how you doing? You look really good. You losing weight? What do you have to ask me? What is your request, he asked. She replied, in your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in the place, sit in places of honor next to you. One on your right and one on your left. That's a pretty admirable thing to say. You know, Jesus, I want to be right next to you in heaven, like, That's good. It's good to aspire to be something great, right? Let's go. But Jesus answered by saying to them, you don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I am about to drink? Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. What a lot of people don't realize in this verse is the fact that that was a rhetorical question. That wasn't a question that was meant to be answered. That was like, is the sky blue? Right. Do you know what you are asking? Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I am about to drink? They had no idea what they were asking of themselves. And these dumb dumbs answered this. (laughs) Oh, yes, they replied. We are able. We're ready, Jesus. We've been in this for a long time. We've been walking with you. We've been talking with you. We've watched ourselves heal people. We've seen the power that we can do, Jesus. Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup, but I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. My father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. They were upset. How dare they ask of that? And what you have to realize in this passage is by them asking that, from them trying to dislocate themselves, being in a position that they weren't created to be, they caused discord between the brethren. 
They, they, they broke the unity between the brethren. These are the 12 disciples in Jesus. They're rocking tight. But Jesus called them. This is how good God is. This is how he heals. This is how he mends these broken hearts. But Jesus called them together and said, you know what the rulers in this war, in, in, sorry, you know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people. And officials flaunt their authority over those who, un, who are under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be a servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, in today's age, being somebody's servant seems pretty like, uh, you better not say that to some of these Americans around here. You better not tell a black person to be a servant. <laughs> You're messing with troubled waters there. Nobody wants to be a servant, but everybody wants the glory. Everybody wants to sacrifice, but they, they, everybody doesn't want to sacrifice, but they want to be in the spotlight. I was listening to Pastor John's message from a couple weeks ago about watching your lane, about staying in your lane. When we look at, like, our minister of music, Atira, can you give Atira a hand real quick? We watch our minister of music, Atira, sing beautifully, sing from her heart, sing from a place that is just like, it, it, it captivates you and brings you in. You don't know what Atira went through to get to that point. You don't know the struggle and the sacrifice that, he had, that she had to get to to get to that point. I think of my brother Antonio Smith. Y'all don't know him. His stage name is Mission. Mission is in the building, everybody. Everybody looks at the success that he is at. Everybody looks at how unified his family is. But if you knew his testimony and the things that he has been through, you don't know what you're asking. You don't know the bitter cup that these people have been drinking. You don't know the sacrifices and the struggles and the hard times that they had to go through to get to this level of glory. Amen? Amen. It's about process. You have to be able to go through the process. Romans chapter 12 says this, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know what that means? It means not going on Instagram and, and thinking that that person on Instagram is the place where you want to be. It's fine to have aspirations, but it's not good to have selfish ambition. Aspire to be great. Aspire to do good things. Aspire to have wealth. But if it overcomes you and it takes the place where Jesus should be, you're out of order. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that it, that it is good and acceptable and in the perfect will of God. Watch how Paul operates in his gift. He makes it obvious for us. For I say, through the grace given to me, very important part. Paul didn't say in his power. Paul didn't say in his knowledge, in my opinion. No, by the grace that is given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. We are meant to serve one another. And most importantly, what I want you guys to realize is that you cannot qualify yourself. Man cannot qualify you. 
Stop seeking after man's approval when God has already confirmed you. Too many of us are disqualifying ourselves thinking that we're not good enough. Yes, you aren't good enough, but God is good. God is the one that is good. So I can operate in this grace because I put my faith in Jesus Christ. Humility is not you saying I can operate in my gift because I'm good, but I can operate in my gift because God is good. Psalms chapter 119 verse 68 says this, you are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. Teach me your ways, God. In that recognition and you realizing how good God is, that's your opportunity to put faith in him. You realize he's consistent. We sung in the last song today, you are good, good, oh. I was all harmonizing in the front. You heard me yelling. I had my eyes closed, but I kind of felt like I scared them when I yelled. I was like, oh, I think I worshiped a little too hard, Jesus. I think I scared the worship team. In order for us to properly operate in the body, we have to operate like Christ did. Christ humbled himself. Christ served himself by sacrificing himself. It's important that we recognize the walk that Christ took because we have to recognize his purpose through his process. We can take an example from the type of Christ in the Bible. And for those of you that know what a type of Christ is, it usually is a foreshadowing of what Christ did or what Christ will go through. One of the type of Christ that we can look at is David. Anybody familiar with David? Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 16. If you don't got it, you can read it on the Sky Bible. Sky Bible. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah, but the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Pay attention to this. And a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said to him, surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. Let our master now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is a skillful player on the harp. He was an electric guitar player. like, And it shall be that he will play it with his hand when the distressing spirit from God is upon you, and you shall be well. So Saul said to his servants, provide me now a man who can play well, and bring him, bring him to me. Then one of the servants answered and said, look, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome person, and the Lord is with him. Therefore, Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, send me your son David, who is with the sheep. And Jesse took a donkey, loaded it with bread, a skin of wine, and a young goat, and sent them by his son David to Saul. So David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. Now, for those of us that aspire to be great, for those of us that want to do great things, when... Just imagine if you had a job, and they brought you forth and said, look, we're going to promote you. Our CEO is kind of tripping a little bit, so we're going to promote you to CEO. All right, cool. The job offering is open for you. All right, cool, cool, cool. But we need you to serve the CEO. It's your job, but in this meantime, we need you to serve. If you guys don't know, David was anointed king. It took about 30-plus years from actually become king. And in that position, he had to humble himself to be able to serve the king, even though he had been appointed king. 
even though he had God on his side, even though it was obvious that God's presence had left Saul, even when you're qualified, and I'm challenging you guys with this, even when you're more qualified than the person that's over you, how are you going to react to that situation? Because believe you me, there have been many situations where I've worked and the manager, I'm like, dude, what the heck are they doing? How they become manager? How do they get this situation? And if you don't check that pride, it'll be your destruction. If you don't check that selfish ambition, it'll be the death of you. Because you'll constantly be bitter. You'll constantly be looking and like, man, I'm more qualified than them. Then you start to chatter. Then comes the discord. Then comes the disunity. You don't need to be in the position of trying to elevate yourself. I didn't mean to plug that, but that was perfect. Elevate, elevate, elevate. But you need to be in the position of servitude. It's not about position. It's about posture. It's about how you posture yourself. And I'm about to come to a close. So if one of you wonderful ladies can come make me sound spiritual for a second. It's about your posture. It's about how you posture yourself. Some of you guys are like, okay, you're trying to sound deep. You're going Baptist on us and making all your points sound, uh, start with a P. What's all this for? What's the difference between position and posture? When you try and put yourself in a position that you weren't created for, you end up hurting yourself. The topic of today is dislocated. But when you're in the right posture, when you're in the right form, you'll be able to fulfill the things that you need to fulfill. I talked about being in the posture of being a servant. You know what the best posture for us is to be in the kingdom of God? You guys want to know the best posture? That we have to realize that no matter who's looking at us, if we look crazy, that our posture is always worship. That our posture is always servitude. That our posture is always sacrifice. You, you see, what made David so much of a better king, it wasn't quite because he was qualified. David was a shepherd. David, David wasn't just this crazy warrior. If you, if you read your words, Saul was built. Saul was a head taller than the rest of the people in Israel. David was this little, like, pretty boy, like, that was just herding the sheep, like, just ruddy. He was just like, ah. Oh. But be, the reason why David was elevated to such a position was because he was willing to serve. He was willing to serve. He was willing to sacrifice. He was willing to humble himself under a king that wasn't qualified for his position. And that's what I'm challenging you to do today. We can all stand to our feet. In this body, you have purpose. In this body, you have a gift. In this body, you have value. That's why Christ died for you. But if you are not willing to humble yourself and be willing to serve, you are going to hurt the rest of the body. We all can't be an eye. We all can't preach. We all can't be the face of the ministry. But you know what we need? 
We need more people to serve in the children's ministry. We, we, we need more people to be on the cleaning crew. We need more people to be a part of the media team. We need more strong men to be a part of the worship team. Are you able to humble yourself, to put yourself in a posture in which that you can glorify God? It's more important than self-seeking and worrying about your image. You were made in the image of Christ, so why are you trying to change your image? You've already been purposed. You have a plan for your life. You've been given a gift by God, and you've been placed in the right situation. Stop taking for granted of the job that you got right now. You've been placed there for a reason. Stop taking for granted of the school that you're at and all the situations that are happening and all the racism that is happening right here in our backyard. You've been placed there for a reason. Operate in your gift. And you operate in your gift by making yourself available to God. Making yourself available for God. So here's what I'm challenging you to do. Whether you've been saved for a long time or you don't even know who Jesus is, Make yourself available for him today. Worship is more than just a a, a slow time in service. Worship is a lifestyle. The reason why David was so successful in all of his his, his, his conquests was because he was a worshiper. David was put in position because he worshiped. So in this moment, I'm opening up the altars. Anybody that needs to get put back into place... Just like my dad put my shoulder back into place and surprised me. It's the same thing what the father would do. Just in that moment where you think you're too broken to be healed, he'll touch you and heal you right there in that instant. Just in that moment where you think you're too far away, God can touch that moment. Are you willing to be put back into place? Are you willing to be foolish just for a moment to give God glory? That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.